Welcome to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Casso, travel and brand photographer and the founder of Caitlin Casso Creations, where I share other women's stories through my photographs and now this podcast. Inspired by Her Story is a podcast dedicated to inspiring, motivating, encouraging, and empowering women to get out of their comfort zones and follow their dreams. Whether it's owning their own business, experiencing something new, or making a major life change, I want to encourage other women to follow their dreams and live their lives to the fullest. Throughout this podcast, I will be sharing my own stories and those of inspirational women with hopes to let souls connect and adventures to unwind. Follow along as I take you with me during my travels, experiences, and encounters with these amazing women. Are you a business owner struggling with building connections with your audience? Are you scrambling last minute to find a photo to post on your social media platforms? Still using stock photos for your website? That's why having a brand photo shoot is so important. Showing pictures of yourself, your team, and what you do is exactly what's going to help you build connections with your audience, which will then turn into clients. But it's not just about having a brand photo shoot. It's all about really connecting with your photographer. It's super important to feel 100% confident before and during your photo shoot so you could represent your brand in the best way and bring the right clients to you. And that's exactly where I can help. My goal is to make you shine in your brightest light while showcasing your brand exactly how you envision it. So let's work together. Head over to CaitlinCasso.com or send me an email at CaitlinCasso at gmail.com and we'll chat more. Today on Inspired by Her Story is Hannah Rosenfelder. Hannah is a serial entrepreneur, two-time liver transplant survivor, and mom. She is dedicated to helping women build a life they truly love and feel empowered by and has shared her story to multiple publications to help do so. She is also currently working on a book to get her story to others even more and truly help women. During this episode, Hannah talks more about how her liver disease affected her self-image, I didn't, my whole family is extremely healthy. And so it was like, I was just in this bubble. I didn't know anybody else who was going through anything like this. And I felt alone and just like I was so abnormal. I didn't know what to do with it. How she built a six-figure business during her second liver transplant. I built my network marketing company through my second transplant. So I started it um, probably about uh, two, a year into getting really sick um, because that's why I did start it. And we built it through my second transplant to six figures. And how to let go of limiting beliefs. A lot of stuff that we do or we don't do is because of how we're talking to ourselves and who we think we are, but it's all past memories. And that's what I had to realize is All the things that I thought I was were past memories and things that I made up inside of my head when I was none of those things. Let's hear more about her journey. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And now I met Hannah through Emily, who was actually on my podcast as well. And I think it was the beginning of this year, which feels like it was last year. We, me and Emily were talking about it recently. And she was like, yeah, I think like I was on the beginning of this year. And I was like, are you sure? I feel like it was last year. And when I looked, I was like, oh, okay. Like time just flies. It does. <laughs> I, feel like it really I feel like I've known her for so long already. <laughs> So I'm really excited to have you on because you have an amazing story to share and I'm so excited to get started. So tell everybody a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be on. So thank you. Um, I'm Hannah. So a little bit about my story. I have had two liver transplants. I am a serial entrepreneur and, um, you know, just living life. I have a little three-year-old little girl building a business um, and just really working on motivation and just inspiring people to now just live a life that they really loved because for so long I hated mine. I had to figure out how to fix that. Yeah, I love it. And I can't wait for you 
to share more about your journey because it is an amazing one. And I know when I first met you, um, I told you how this is like my favorite question. And like, sometimes it could even be the longest answer and that's totally fine. I love it because I feel like this is the juiciness of it and hearing more about people's journeys onto how they got to where they are today is especially where inspiration really comes from, I feel like. And so I love hearing, like, I love hearing other people's stories, but then I also love being able to share them to inspire other people. So can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. So (laughs) I'll share as much in a little time frame that I can do. So, um, yeah, so I was born with a really rare liver disease at six weeks old. That's kind of what started everything. Um, it's called biliary atresia. And at that point, um, I was told I needed a transplant. But man, that was 30 years ago to do one on a baby it was really hard. Um, so by the time I was about one years old, for some reason, my liver kicked in. And they took me inactive off the list. But throughout my whole childhood, I was in and out of the hospital. Um, when you have this disease, your belly is really big. Your liver, uh, you know, it processes all of your food. Everything goes through your liver and nothing could process. And it was so extended that um, I was this little teeny tiny girl with this huge belly. And then uh, I had scars from me. I've never seen myself without these big scars across my stomach. And as I grew up, I kind of started to realize I'm different. And then I started going in and out of the hospital pretty frequently. And then in about middle school, I started going in and out of the hospital every six weeks. And I learned to do in-home care. So I'd come home with an IV and it really affected who I thought I was, uh, my self-image more than I could even explain. And I just didn't understand. I didn't have anybody who was sick around me. I didn't, my whole family is extremely healthy. And so it was like, I was just in this bubble. I didn't know anybody else who was going through anything like this. And I felt alone and just like I was so abnormal. I didn't know what to do with it. And then I ended up having my first transplant my uh, end of my freshman year. So it was in January of my freshman year that I had my, just kidding, take that back. It was uh, April of my freshman year that I was told I needed a transplant. It was January of my uh, sophomore year that I ended up actually having my first transplant. So I was 15 years old um, in a transplant journey. I knew nothing about it. Um, Honestly, before I was told I needed a transplant, I thought it was kind of weird. Like who just gives their organs away? It's just, it's so different. And at 15 years old, you know, I um, ended up having to have this and I went back to school and I missed about three months of school. And because of that, when I came back, um, I was like 45 pounds lighter. But when you get this call, you have no idea when it's coming. So I just randomly one night got a phone call and they told me they had a liver for me and I had to be at the hospital the next day. So I never got to tell anybody what was going on. And I never told anybody that I was chronically ill unless you were like a really good friend of mine. I hid it from everybody because I was so ashamed of it. Um, When I would come back from school, I would make up, if I was in the hospital and I came back the next week, I'd make up some excuse of, I don't know, (laughs) we were on vacation, something. So when I missed these three months, I was in school one day and I was out for over three and a half months. And then I came back uh, 40 pounds lighter. These rumors just started to spread about me and uh, it affected again, just like who I thought I was. And I thought this transplant was gonna change me. Um, And so I had a really hard time growing up and just felt really isolated. And as a girl, your body image is such a big thing. And I just could not figure out how to like myself. And it affected a lot of areas of life, dating, all of it. Um, I couldn't hold a job a lot. And so that's kind of how I ended up getting into entrepreneurship. 
I really wanted to be a lawyer, like criminal law. I love that stuff. It's all the TV I watch. Um, but in my transplant, my first one was really good for about five years. And then after five years, I started getting sick again. Um, and about, I was 15 when I got my first one, 25 when I got my second one, but five years after that, like I said, I started getting really sick and I was in college and I was failing all of my classes because, you know, it's not like high school, you can come in and just make it up. And so I quickly realized there's no way I'm gonna make it out of, you know, get an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, let alone go to law school. And so I had to figure out something that I could do and I could own that no matter what, if I was in the hospital, nobody could take away from me. And that's kind of how my entrepreneurship journey started. And I started in a network marketing company that my brother got me into um, and I fell in love with it. And through that, I started personal development because I was not a happy person. <laughs> Um, I struggled a lot inside with what I was going through and, you know, the whole questions of why me, why is this happening to me? Um, and so it was through my um, network marketing company that I got introduced to personal development. And that's when I really started working on myself in healing those wounds that had been created for so many years. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your dream. I feel like I have so many questions that I want to like build off of all of what you said also. Go for it. <laughs> and I am so inspired by you also. I just wanted to start off with that as well. Oh, thank you. And now, I mean, as you're talking about when you were younger too, my first thought is it's already hard enough growing up. Like it just is, you know, like <laughs> dealing with bullies, dealing with like your body changing also, mm -hmm. like especially, I mean, I want to say, especially for females, but that's because I am a female. I know how it was to yeah. go through it. So it's like, you're having all of these things changing for you as well, but then you also have a health condition on top of it that you are dealing with too. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine having to battle, you know, the both of them at the same time. And also at that age too, it's hard to really open up to people. You don't know if you want to be able to share what you have with somebody else or what is going on in your life. So I, I can't even imagine how it is to deal with all of that all at once. It was very different. Um, you learn a lot very fast and you grow up really quickly, for sure. Mm -hmm. That is very true. And now, how did you feel after you did have your first transplant? Physically? Yeah. Um, I felt great. Uh, you know, um, I have never known what it was like to have a full functioning body. 15, I was used to, um, man, I would swell. I'd have between 10 and 20 pounds of water weight on me at all times. Certain foods I couldn't eat that would hurt me really bad. Um, I just, I had all these different things and I never knew what it was like to wake up and have energy. I would wake up in the morning and I would still be tired just because my body didn't function. By the time I had my transplant, only 10% of my liver worked. They had no idea how I even lived on it that long. And it was weird. As soon as I woke up from the hospital, or what I remember, probably a few days later, um, I looked at my legs and for the, I started to cry and I told my sister, I was like, I don't, my legs are normal. I've always wanted to wear a dress, but I never did because my legs were so swollen and I'd never seen my eyes white. My eyes always had a yellow color to them along with my skin. And um, I'd never seen myself like that. And so it was the most beautiful feeling that I had never felt in my entire life of like, holy smokes, this is what all my friends and family wake up feeling like. I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know I could feel like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so amazing. It, it has to be so crazy to, you know, wake up and feel that difference instantly, you know, rather than it being something more gradual also. Mm -hmm. It was, I didn't expect to feel that way immediately, um, you know, because you are in so much pain, but I could still feel such a huge difference um, in every like different level of myself than when I was before. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I find it so crazy how you also mentioned that once you started entrepreneurship is when you really started to fall in love with personal development. And I find that so interesting because most of the women that I interview on this podcast, I feel like probably all of them have mentioned that, you know, self-care, personal development, those are all things that they have had to realize on their own that they had to start including more in order to really be, you know, more of a successful entrepreneur, somebody who can even handle the fact of being an entrepreneur, because it's definitely a different process. It's definitely a different weight put on you than your typical like corporate job or any other job where you're working for somebody else. So I find it so interesting how it's like your health condition led you to entrepreneurship because of the flexible work hours. And then from there, it was able to help you get more into personal development, which also in the end has helped you and feel, you know, more in love with yourself. You know, I'm sure even have more self-care practices and things like that in regards to your health condition. It's almost, it's like a full circle effect. So it's so crazy how that all worked out for you. It is is working out. (laughs) It is a full circle effect. And I never looked into um, personal development before. Um, Honestly, you know, I never even knew about it before becoming an entrepreneur. Um, And so it did, it, it helped every aspect of my life finding that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so awesome. And now you're also able to take those skills and bring them to other women as well, right? I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do in order to help like really motivate others as well. Yeah, so I'm actually working on a book right now um, and a speaking platform to be able to help women because I my health journey isn't something that everybody is going to be able to resonate with, but it affected everything from the way I looked at myself, the way I spoke to myself, how I felt. It affected my dating life, my marriage drastically. Um, every area of life, work, all of it, friendships, man. I had friends come and go, and I had to learn that um, it wasn't me. Sometimes they couldn't handle my situation. Uh, Sometimes they couldn't handle seeing me in the hospital and not knowing what was gonna happen. And so I had to learn all of these things as a young kid. Um, And for so long, I took them personally. And it's a lot of things that a lot of us women go through. Uh, um, Self-care was something that um, I didn't even think about because I was so consumed with guilt of how much my medical bills cost, my medicine, um, treatments of, you know, trying to do acupuncture to um, therapy, all these different things that just consumed me with guilt. I couldn't even go to our mailbox because I knew it was just going to be medical bills. So going and spending a dollar on myself that wasn't have to was like, it wasn't gonna happen. I just wasn't going to do it. And so learning through personal development and just through finding who I was and learning to love myself and that it's okay. There's no guilt. There's no shame through this. It's my story. It's what happened. Um, I realize that so many women can, you know, they can resonate with the feeling of, you know, looking in the mirror and feeling ashamed or not doing self-care or all these different things that I had to learn through my health journey. And so um, my Instagram is really big where I do a lot of um, motivational, personal development stuff. You learn a little bit more through my Instagram. Um, Like I said, I'm working on a book right now that will then lead into some speaking. Um, And so those are a lot of things that um, I do networking events where I speak. Things like that, Um, after COVID, I will be getting into schools just to kind of help because bullying was a big thing. And I think a lot of it starts as a young kid. Um, The beliefs about themselves start as a young child and you bring them into your adulthood unless you can figure out how to get rid of them. So I wanna help kids too. No kids should feel the way that I felt about myself. Um, 
And so, yeah, I'm really big into teaching other women and helping them realize just who they are. And it's okay to be your authentic self, no matter what you've been through and to let go of that guilt and shame um, because it's not serving you. It's not doing anything, but hindering who you should and could be. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the fact how now, you know, you are speaking to this and you no longer want to hide behind it where when you were younger, it was something that you were kind of more afraid to speak to. And I find that so amazing and especially wanting to talk to kids as well in different schools, because I feel like it would help other students who are going through something similar or any sort of difficulty really that maybe they're hiding behind. And then also helping the kids who might be the bullies, you know, maybe it could help them be more open-minded and stop the bullying. So I love the fact that that's a part of your plan as well. Yeah. I mean, I hid from it for so long. Like I said, unless you were an immediate close, close friend, you just thought I would randomly up and leave for a week or two. You had no idea. And when I would come back from hospital visits to school, no matter where my IV was in my body at the hospital, I would make them take it out and put it in my hand so I could wrap it with this special Coban stuff that looked like a, uh, a cast. And I would have my really good friends and my family sign it. So it looked like a cast. So nobody would ask me what was wrong. Everybody just thought I broke my arm every, I don't know, like six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but I was so ashamed of it that I did anything and everything I could. I wouldn't even wear a swimsuit. If we went somewhere, I either didn't swim or I want to wear a one piece or a t-shirt because there was no way I was letting somebody know what was going on because I just was so ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I can't imagine having to actually go through all of that either. And the fact that you found different ways to kind of go around it too. So I really, I'm excited to see, you know, what your speaking events can really do for others also. I'm really excited for you. Well, thank you. And now, do you feel like there was any sort of like specific moment that made you realize that you wanted to be a motivational speaker or you wanted to write your book? Or I know you also have a podcast as well. So were there any specific moments that made you realize that you really wanted to just like even start sharing your story with everyone? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like a specific moment. I've always wanted to write a book and I've always been, I've been asked by a lot of people to write one, but the book I wanted to write and who I actually was inside were two completely different things. And so I knew until I really, I don't want to say fixed myself, but until I worked on who I was and actually believing and living what I would wanted to write and say to somebody else, um, that's when I finally did that, that's that's when I decided, okay, I can write this book and it can be authentic and I can know I'm writing what I'm actually living. And so that was probably about a year ago um, that I decided, okay, let's look into some courses on how I can write this book. Um, and that's when I started my podcast too. Um, I started sharing my story on social media probably about two and a half years ago. So when I was 15, you know, I had this liver transplant, but also in the back of my mind, I didn't quite know how to accept it. I took another person's organ. In a sense, I was so young, I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I didn't know how I felt about it. In another way, you know, you have a little bit of guilt. I actually found out who it was, and it was another 15-year-old kid. So inside of me, I kind of just didn't know what to do with it, so I wasn't going to share it. And then after the second one, I was 25, I was older, I was married, and I realized what a big deal it was and that it's something that needs to be shared. It's something that people need to know about. Um, again, not something to be ashamed of. And I had a third chance at life. Most people don't even get two. I got three and I needed to use it to the best of my ability. And there's other people growing up, like I said, 
I never found anybody who was going through something similar who was inspiring. Um, I just found a lot of people who wanted to talk about, you know, is your situation worse than mine? And for some reason, I never really resonated with it. So I didn't hate, I didn't ever go to any of the groups that they offered for me. So when I decided to start sharing my story, I looked at it as in, I needed somebody uh, when I was young. Even at that point, I needed somebody who was inspiring, who had gone through some crap, came out of it and would teach how they did it. And so that's when I was like, okay, you gotta put away your nervous feelings, whatever anybody says about you, it's none of your business and just share your authentic self and help people because there's somebody out there who's going through something that needs somebody like you, just like you wished you had somebody when you were going through it. I love that. That's so amazing. And that's what I love about even, you know, entrepreneurship in general, because you're able to, as they say, make your mess, your message, you know, that's something Mm -hmm. that has been said before, um, or even be that person that you needed when you were going through those difficult times. And I love the courage behind that too, because it can be very scary and intimidating. It could be very outside of somebody's comfort zone, which is why I (laughs) wanted to have a platform to share these kind of stories. And so I always love the courage behind somebody doing something like that, especially if it could be something completely outside of your comfort zone, but you feel like there's something inside of you that still needs to be able to do it and share it with everyone. Yeah. And that was it, man. I was afraid of pictures. So take it on Instagram and do picture. Like it's all pictures and videos. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what am I doing? Cause as a kid, you couldn't get a photo of me because of my body. I didn't like it. And so I'm always like, mom, do you have pictures? And she's like, you would not let me take one of you. There's nobody who could pull out a camera and you would smile. And so it was so far out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Do you feel like even just like, how did you feel that first post where you shared your information or your story? Do you feel like it kind of took some time for you to like get outside of your comfort zone to start sharing and really talking to it? Yeah, it did. And it was kind of something that I just had to post and then like, oh God, walk away and come back. But I knew that I just had to make myself do it. And in a sense, you feel empowered after you do it because you just, you know, you stepped into that fear zone, you overcame it, and then you realized it wasn't as scary as you thought it would be. And then I started getting a lot of messages from people of like, especially moms. Moms get to me ever since I had a little girl. Um, the moms who message me and are like, man, I have a little baby who's just diagnosed and I didn't know what to do and I found you. And now I feel like my baby's going to make it just one of those messages would make me post for the rest of my life. So getting those speaks to me so much. They just melt me because as a mom, I don't know what I would do. Sometimes I tell my mom, I'm like, people think I'm strong. They have no idea who you are because uh, that's a whole different ball game you went through compared to me. So getting those messages and realizing it, even if it just helped one person, it's giving somebody a little bit of hope for either themselves or their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I love that you shared that because I instantly, you know, think of somebody else who's going through it also, but sometimes you tend to forget um, the other family and friends that have been affected by it also and how you can also help impact them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get business people like, wow, you know, how do I, how do I make it through business? Cause I, uh, I built my network marketing company through my second transplant. So I started it um, probably about uh, two, a year into getting really sick um, because that's why I did start it. And we built it through my second transplant to six figures. And so I get a lot of messages of like, how'd you do it Um, through all those trials and tribulations and being able to help somebody do that also is so nice because I do, I love business and I love building up leaders and helping them. So getting those messages too, you know, just makes you realize you are helping and that's the only reason you share. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And now it seems like through everything that you have gone through, there's always been some type of motivation and drive behind you. Now, where do you feel like that comes from? I will accredit a lot of that to my parents. Um, My mom was a little bit more of like the safe one, you know, because she was caring for me most of the time in the hospital and she has a different personality than me. But my dad was the one that was like, what's the doctor say? No, Hannah, go do it. And so he really, and my mom's like, oh, she was always like, this scares me, but okay, go do it. Um, for instance, you know, I just wanted to be a normal kid and uh, wanted to do normal things. I had a brother who's exactly two years older than me, two years, five days. We did our birthday parties together a lot. And he was getting rollerblades one year and I wanted them so bad. But the doctors told my parents, if she falls, you know, she could be in big trouble. But I wanted them. All my friends had them. My big brother was getting them. I needed them. So I begged my parents. My dad was like, you know what? We can't stop this girl from living. You can't stop from living. We're getting them for her. And they did that a lot. They did. They allowed me to do cheerleading competitively. And so um, I'd get sick a lot um, in between like cheer, uh, competitions. And so they would allow me to come home, pull out my IV, go to my cheer competition. Instead of going to dinner with all the girls, they would take me back to the emergency room to get a new IV in so I could do my night medications just to make sure that I never gave up on what I really wanted to do. So they always pushed me. And so I, and they did that since I was little. And so I, they built this inside of me since I was young of don't let what you're going through dictate what you can do, just keep going. And I accredit a lot of my motivation from then just instilling that in me since I was young, I knew nothing different and I just kept it. Oh my God. I love that. That is so awesome. You have the best parents ever because <laughs> like, do. it is so easy for you to want to just be like, all right, well, this is what it is. I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'm just going to sit in bed all the time. I'm just not going to try anything new. I'm not, I guess I can't rollerblade. I guess I can't do cheerleading. You know, it's so easy to just mm-hmm. give up, but there's no reason to give up. Like that is amazing that your parents also had that motivation and drive for you to also grow up like as normal as possible or being able to still do the things that you actually really wanted to do. I absolutely love that. Yeah, they were so, so good about it. And like I said, they were a great balance because my mom would be all nervous. Like, oh God, my dad's like, honey, it's going to be fine. I'm like, yeah, mom's going to be fine. I need them. And sure enough, she's like, okay. And they just allowed me to do so many different things Um, I got super, super sick and they told me I needed my first transplant right before my 15th birthday. Well, 15th birthday, if you don't get your permit on your birthday, you don't get your driver's license on your birthday. Well, I mean, I was so sick. I looked like the Grinch. My eyes were the color of his. I could barely stand up, but I had to get my permit that day. And my dad talked the doctors into letting me go home the day. And he took me to the DMV and helped me stand up while I took my written test, just so that when it became my actual 16th birthday, I could get my driver's license. But what they didn't know was I was gonna have my transplant just in time that I was out of the hospital, out off of pain meds, just in time that I could get my driver's license on my birthday. So it was those things that they did for me that made all the difference in the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There should have been like a medical like exception for that. That is is so crazy. Man, your parents, they are pretty awesome. (laughs) They are great. They are awesome. And I'm sure they're like your biggest cheerleaders, like through everything also. Oh, they always have been. And, uh, you know, they, My dad and I, we actually are building a business together now. Um, We built the network marketing company together and they've always been my biggest cheerleader. My mom comes down and helps with my little girl. Anytime I get sick, um, she takes care of her. And so 
Um, they are, they are the best. I got so blessed with them and, um, you know, they are a lot of why I am who I am today. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And then I'm sure you're going to be able to also pass down those traits to your daughter as well. Oh yes. And the girl is all me. She is an independent woman. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Isn't it funny how you can tell at such a young age too, when they are? Oh yes. I'm like, oh God, I'm in so much trouble. This is me on steroids. (laughs) That it sounds like I'm talking to my sister right now because she says the same thing about her daughter. She's like, she is so me. It's scary. Like I I feel bad. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly me. I'm like, oh gosh. Oh man, she is so independent. It's so funny. It's going to be great for her in the future though. So I'll be good. (laughs) That's what I tell myself. I'm like, man, whenever she's acting crazy, I'm like, she's a leader. She just, she's independent, but she's going to be a leader. You have to remember that. (laughs) Right? Exactly. (laughs) We'll be back with our guest in just a minute, but first let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Are you looking for a platform to help you manage your business? HoneyBook helps creative entrepreneurs and freelancers book more clients, manage projects, and get paid all in one place. With this business management software, you can send out contracts, automate emails to clients, stay on top of all of your to-dos, and send out invoices within seconds. HoneyBook helps me make sure that each and every one of my clients are well taken care of while helping me save time and money all at once. If this is something that you're looking for, you can save 50% off your first year with HoneyBook. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes so you can receive 50% off. Your future self and clients will thank you. Do you usually buy something because someone else recommended it to you? Have you ever tried something new because you heard how great it was from someone close to you? Most of us either purchase or try something out because it was recommended by someone we trusted. So if you've been loving the Inspired by Her Story podcast, I'd love it if you could write a review so others can feel just as inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered by it as well. We all need a little extra boost in our days. So head on over to either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and let everyone know how the Inspired by Her Story podcast has impacted you. And now back to the episode. And so now you also talk about getting um, rid of limiting beliefs and truly really being able to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. So what would you like to share with the audience on how important this is? Man, I truly believe that your limiting beliefs change everything. Um, from what you will allow yourself to do, to who you date, to the amount of money you can bring into your household, because it all depends on who you think you are, who you believe you are, what you believe you can do. Um, And it did, it affected a lot of, you know, it, it held me back from a lot of things. I always wanted to be a motivational speaker, but I never thought I was enough. I was like, you know, who would listen to me? Who would think, because I had so many limiting beliefs of who I believed I was. And because of that, I didn't allow myself to step out and go do these things. And it wasn't until I changed these limiting beliefs that now, you know, I'm doing the things that I wanted to do. I'm stepping outside my comfort zone and finding out this had nothing to do with who I was. It all was in my head. And, um, a lot of stuff that we do or we don't do is because of how we're talking to ourselves and who we think we are, but it's all past memories. And that's what I had to realize is all the things that I thought I was were past memories and things that I made up inside of my head when I was none of those things. And it changed a lot for me, Um, changed my business, changed my marriage. It changed how I'm raising my little girl, huge, because I want her to know exactly who she is, what she's capable of, because I didn't, um, I didn't believe it and I didn't realize it until 
a lot older in life and I never want her to feel those things. Um, and so it does it all, everything you do in life dictates around who you actually think you are and what you believe about yourself. Mm -hmm. It's so true because, you know, everything that you think about yourself, you're also projecting on others as well. So Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, even with like your marriage and other relationships too, it's like, if you can't be your best self to yourself, then you can't be your best self for anybody else either. And that's relationships. That's even for your business. Like you can't really be your best self as a business owner and for your clients, um, for your family, for your friends, for anybody in anything really. And that's like the core of it all. So I, I myself also find that so important to really be able to like take care of yourself and believe in yourself too. Helps you give like have a sense of confidence also, you know, like even to say like, I can get up there and I can do a speech, you know, because I believe in myself. I'm confident. (laughs) Yeah. And you, you start looking for other people to fulfill those empty things in you because you think, oh, if I get this guy, he'll fulfill this feeling in me because I don't feel like I'm enough or I'm not pretty or something like that. When none of it is going to fulfill that, you have to fill that inside of yourself. And um, I realized that because I was looking at all these outside things to make me happy. And as soon as I got them, I felt no different because I didn't I didn't feel different about who I was. And then it caused problems, whether it was in my business or in my marriage, because I still was unhappy. And then I was projecting it to them. Like, why aren't you making me happy? Why isn't this business, you know? And then just things started to crumble when it all had to do with who I thought I was, what I thought I deserved. Um, You know, I let go of a lot of business opportunities because I was like, oh God, I could never do that. I don't believe in myself enough to do that. I don't deserve that. That was a big thing for me, especially in money, because I was so guilt ridden with how much money I cost. I'd always talk about how much I'm worth, like how expensive I am. And so I had a hard time bringing money to me because they didn't think I was worth having it because I cost my parents so much. And that was a really big thing I had to work through and realize that it wasn't true. And so I did. It affected a lot um, of areas in my life. And it's a constant practice too, right? Like that's something I have to tell myself also is like, there's no end, you know, you're not just all of a sudden, I am amazing. This is it. And I am totally fine. Like it's a constant work in progress. (laughs) It is such a daily thing. Some people are like, how'd you just fix it? I'm like, I didn't. It is a daily thing that I have to sit in the mirror and remind myself of, especially in those days that you wake up and you're like, not today, not today. And you have to remind, you have to stop and realign and remind yourself and cut off all those bad thoughts you're having and change it. Yeah. Yes. It is not a one time you fixed it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And now do you have any sort of like, whether it's a morning routine or maybe even if you feel like you're triggered and you go through some sort of process, is there anything that you kind of constantly practice in a sense? Yes. So I actually, I have a coach. Um, I do a lot of hypnotherapy with him in LP. I do have a morning routine. And one of my biggest things is I have a paper morning routine. I actually share it on my social media. It's, it's linked. Um, but I set my intentions for the day. And so in the morning, I set my intentions of who I'm going to be, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to show up that day. So when I'm in the middle of maybe, you know, having a bad day or something, I can look at that and say, no, this is who I chose to be today. This is how I'm going to, um, instead of react, this is how I'm going to respond to this. Um, and I write down my three main goals for the day. Um, I also write down like a challenge I had the day before so I can look at it. And if I start, you know, maybe it was patience that day, you know, I'm going to work on it that next day. And so I go through a piece of paper of my morning routine and then I have alarms on my phone throughout the day that just remind me to reset. Um, Some of them are different affirmations of who I am, things like that. Because a lot of times, you know, you're just going through your day um, on autopilot. And next thing I know, I'm in my head, and my phone goes off, and it's like, oh, 
okay, no, I have to set the down and reset, or, you know, it's a little reminder of, you know, who I am and what I believe about myself. And so it just kind of resets my day when sometimes I can be in the middle of just straight on autopilot, not even realizing it. So those are a few things that I do every single day. Um, and also on my sheet is gratitudes. Um, you know, just looking at, you know, what I do have, what I'm grateful for. The more you're grateful for, the more that you bring to you. And that was something I, I had to learn of like, man, I have so much stuff looking at what you want. Look at all the stuff that you have. So part of my daily practice is my gratitude also. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love hearing people's daily practices because there's so many things that can be so powerful too and re- like a game changer throughout your day. And I'm constantly myself kind of adjusting what my practice is too, because I also want to make sure it feels fresh and I don't feel like I'm just on routine and I'm like, okay, now I need to do my gratitude. It's like, no, I want it to feel like I want to do my gratitude. You know, I want Mm -hmm. to set my intentions. So I love hearing what other people do because then it also inspires me to kind of make some of those changes also. Yeah. And I, I think when you start noticing the difference, I've noticed the difference in my days of if I forget to set my intentions compared to the days that I do, I'm like, dang it, I knew I forgot it today. Mm-hmm. And I realized what a huge difference it makes. And so uh, it makes me excited in the morning, like, okay, I'm going to set how my day is going to go today. And I love it. I tried to do it early in the morning, but I'm just not a morning person. And that was something I struggled with because you hear, get up early and do it just not me. And I had to realize that. So I do it in the mornings when I am up. It's probably eight o'clock instead of six o'clock. So that was something big for me because I always heard, you know, had to be early in the morning, early, Mm -hmm. early risers. This world does not work. Early riser. (laughs) Me too. I am with you on that. And sometimes I have to remind myself, Caitlin, you became an entrepreneur also for a flexible schedule. You can get up when you want to. So I do not get up before seven o'clock at all. And that's even like, I'm still hitting snooze on my alarm and like usually roll out of bed at like 730. Um, But I also agree where for me, I've learned now that doing a meditation in the morning is like Mm. also like a cup of coffee for me in a sense where not that it gives me energy, but that if I don't do it the whole day, I can realize it. It's like, if I don't have my cup of coffee the whole day, I'm like, I didn't have coffee today. I didn't have (laughs) coffee. I'm tired. It must be because I didn't have coffee. And so (laughs) the same thing happens with me. If I don't meditate, I'm like, something's off. I don't feel aligned right now. Something happened because I didn't meditate. So it's Mm -hmm. like, that's the one thing I need to do every day. Even if it's like a five minute meditation, as long as I do that, I feel more like aligned, grounded, and like ready to start my day. Yep. That is so true. So Mm -hmm. true. That's funny. It is cup coffee. Right. We forget it. You're like, oh, dang it. That's how I feel too. Some of my morning, I'm like, I knew it is why my day has gone terrible today. Right. Exactly. Cause I didn't have that cup of coffee. Yeah. (laughs) I probably don't even need it most of the time, but I still just feel like I need to have it. Yeah. You have to have it. (laughs) And so now where do you feel like you are going to go from here? What kind of future plans do you have? Yeah. So my big, big goal is to run a a weekend, a weekend conference. Um, That is what I I want to do. I want to run a women's weekend conference. Um, So it's just going to be step by step. My biggest thing right now is this book. I want to get it out um, and then start speaking engagements. And so I'm all, you know, starts with like small daily things. you know, with this book and then getting out on social media and then speaking through schools and just kind of building it. But that is my big goal is to just run a women's conference and to help women, um, I guess, and men too, if they want it um, as much as possible um, and just kind of share what I have learned because, you know, I needed this so bad and I know somebody else does. And, um, Everybody says it differently, and that was something I had to overcome. There's so many weekend conferences. There's so many women's things, but nobody has your story. Nobody says it the way that you say it. Um, nobody can share it the way that you share it. And so 
Um, you know, that's my biggest thing is to do that, bring other women into it um, and kind of inspire through that process. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I could already see it being amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm excited about this book. It is so far out of my comfort zone, um, but I'm really excited about it and to just kind of spill my beans, share. It's going to be very authentic and um, kind of not holding back. I'm going to just be as real as I can possibly be and just share the ups and downs and the real things that happened and how I came out of them, um, and how deep and dark it got for a while and how I pulled myself out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And speaking to it also, if someone were to be also going through a very difficult situation right now, what kind of advice would you give them? Something I needed to hear was it's a season. Um, man, I remember so many times just crying. So after my second transplant, I got down to about 510 got down to about 110 pounds. I could barely get from my bed to my couch. You can imagine the stuff going through my head. I'm like, this is my second one. What is going on? Am I even going to make it? And um, I'm used to being out building my business and I can barely make it from my bed to my couch. And so I was struggling big time, but I had to remind myself that it was a season and that something was going to come out of it and that time heals all, um, because I did, I felt like I was stuck. I felt like this was going to be a forever thing. What am I doing? Um, and I just really got in my head about it and realizing that it was a season. Everything that I have gone through, all the struggles were just a season. And I know in the midst of it, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like rock bottom, like it's never going to end. But if you do look back on other things that you've been through, that you've come out of, you realize that it's a, it's, I don't know how long of a season it is, but it is a season and you do come out of it. And I have learned some of the best things and I have grown some of the best skills that I have that have helped me, whether it was through my marriage or through business, through those tough, difficult times that I didn't want to learn it. And I didn't realize I learned it until afterwards, but I needed somebody to tell me that, that it was just going to be a season and that I could do it and to remember the other things that I had come out of. Because sometimes you forget just how strong you are, just how many things you have overcome when you're in the middle of something that seems really, really hard. You think this is it. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. But sometimes when you look back and realize how far you have already made it, it gives you the strength to, to keep going. Yeah. And it's like, you don't realize that your own strength that you have in those moments, but then also that you're even going to gain even more strength afterwards too, to get through anything else that might come your way. Yeah. And you learn skills through it that help you. Each time I went through something, built something inside of me that helped me through the next thing. If I hadn't have gone through all those health challenges and through, if my second transplant experience would have been my first, you would not see me here today. I would have died. But I knew how to pull myself out and how to keep going because a lot of the physical was also mental because I had to believe in myself enough to get through it. I would have just said, okay, this is it. I give up. My body would have shut down. But if I hadn't have gone through everything prior, I wouldn't have known how to do that. But because I did build those skills through those other obstacles, when it came down to time, I knew how to pull myself out and I knew how to believe in myself and what to do. But it wasn't until I was faced with that that I realized, wow, I learned so much through those other things. And I was so happy that I did because it brought me through it. Mm -hmm. And now, even if you were to give yourself some advice back to when you started being an entrepreneur also, what kind of advice would you give yourself then too? Oh man, the entrepreneurship world is a whole whole different world, especially when you come from corporate. Um, It is a journey. Everybody has their own 
that was a big thing for me. And I, um, I keep looking at other people and wondering, you know, why are they going faster than me? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not doing something right? And I had to realize everybody has their own journey. It's going to go differently for you. It's going to go slower, faster, whatever, but it's yours. And you can't get caught up in looking left and right to these other people or else you start thinking, okay, maybe I'm, I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe it's not for me. And it is, but you have to realize it's your own journey. It's going to go how it's supposed to for you. And I'm, no matter how fast or how slow, you just have to keep going because one day it's just going to click. And that's kind of what happened to, to us. It just clicked one day, but it took me a long time to realize I can't compare myself to the girl who signed up last week and is kicking butt. I have my own journey mm-hmm. in my own way. Um, that was a big, a big learning curve because I was so used to comparing myself to so many people that in business it's different um and one thing i definitely learned was uh, you have to grow you have to grow into that leader and that person that can handle the business when we first started i didn't understand why we weren't going as fast as i thought but then when it came time and we started building so fast i realized that if this would have happened to us the year before it would have fell apart because we weren't the people to handle it. We wouldn't have known what to do with it. And so timing's everything. And you just have to keep growing and learning through it because when it does hit your time, you have to be prepared for it. And I didn't realize that until it did happen to us. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. This didn't happen last year because it would have all just fell apart because we wouldn't have known what to do. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with you. That's something that I constantly have to remind myself also, you know, first of all, not comparing myself to other people. It's so easy to look at other people's Instagrams or even just their websites or whatever, and just think, how did they grow so fast or what, but we don't even know, we don't even know what they're doing on the other end. We also don't even know actually how fast they are growing. You know, sometimes people also say they're doing things, but Mm -hmm. you don't really know if they are. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) And you don't know where they have come from. A lot of the people I was comparing myself with had, this was their fourth business they had built. Mm -hmm. They never shared that. They just shared that they went from zero to hero in six months. And I'm over here like, what? (laughs) This was my first business, but I didn't know that because I didn't know the whole backstory. So like you said, you can't, because you don't, you really don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because especially when you're starting your first business, like you're really starting from like the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't compare yourself to other people that might already have a network of people that would purchase from them or become their clients or anything like that too. If you're really starting from the ground, you need to realize that slow growth and steady growth is good growth also, because that's what you can handle. And you're also learning and growing as time goes on too. Yeah, you want to be able, it's the foundation of it. And if your foundation isn't strong, if it comes in really fast, it's going to crumble. You need that strong foundation. Um, And you're so right. You have so, so right with all of that. Yeah. And now, as you know, and we've already spoken a little bit about it, but this podcast, it's a big theme is um, getting out of your comfort zone. So everybody has a lot of moments of having to get out of their comfort zone. So how do you usually get out of yours? Oh, well, man, how do I get out of my comfort zone? A lot of times when I don't want to go do something, so I'm not a huge networker. I'm very, um, I'm not the person that shows up to parties and is the outgoing one. I'm very um, put to myself, you know, and so networking has been a big part of things, but I catch myself being like, "Mm, I think I won't go today or, you know, I don't think this networking event's really going to do anything. I'm just not feeling it, Mm -hmm. but I have to remember I committed to it. And I do it. And, um, you know, the re- I have to remember the feeling of you feel empowered after it. 
And a lot of times I play in my head, what's the worst case scenario? Um, so when I started Instagram videos, that was like, well, pictures were one thing, a video was a whole nother thing for me. It scared me to death to do a video. Um, so I just told myself, you will do it tomorrow. And I set a date on it. And um, I committed to myself that I would do them. And when that timer went off, I pushed play and I posted and I didn't look at it. And so I did a lot, I do a lot of things where I just commit to myself. I set a, a date that it will be done by and it has to be done by that date, whether the, I have to do it five minutes before or what, but um, I just commit to it and I don't think about it. I don't, cause you, sometimes you give yourself too much time to be in your head of like, oh, I don't wanna do it. I don't think I could, mm -hmm. this talk isn't gonna be good. And so I just get out of my head, I push the button and I just do it. And the after feeling is what I try and remember of how empowered I feel afterwards. Um, and that it's just scary and uncomfortable, but there's nothing bad that can come out of it. Worst case scenario, I look like an idiot. <laughs> but that's the worst case. And uh, so yeah, I do a lot of things where I just set the deadline and I make myself do it. There is no, there's no going back on it. I committed to it and I do it. Yeah. And I love how you talked about how you feel empowered after you do it too. And it's yeah. funny that you say that also, because actually my Instagram post today that I posted was about how um, I feel empowered after doing photo shoots. And I also talked to the fact how no matter what, every single photo shoot I do, I still get nervous before. Like on mm -hmm. the way there, I'm like thinking of all these things. I'm like thinking of poses I'm going to do, like certain spots of the location where we're going to go. And like I get all nervous and no matter what, and then after I do the photo shoot, I feel on top of the world. I feel empowered. I'm so excited I did it. And I'm just like ready to do the next one. The yes. next day comes around, those nerves happen again. You know, it's <laughs> kind of like, it, it just continues. But I know how it's going to feel afterwards. And that's what keeps me going because I know that I feel empowered after. I feel good. All great things come out of it. So why not do it? Those nerves, it's kind of like, almost a good sign in a way. Cause you're like, okay, something empowering is coming after this. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if you can change your mindset on it, instead of I've started to, my coach taught me this instead of looking as, okay, I'm so afraid of this, change it into, I'm so excited. Mm. And so whenever I try and like, oh gosh, I'm afraid. I'm like, no, 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 you're not afraid. You're excited because you know, it's coming afterwards. So I've tried, like started changing what I say about those feelings before I go and do something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. I'm going to have to do that too. I love that idea. <laughs> it's helped a lot for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or talk to that maybe we didn't get to today? I don't think so. I loved this episode. Um, I just want to make sure anything I can share, any questions, like I said before, I'm an open book. Um, I know my story is a little bit different with my health stuff and some people can be a little bit nervous to ask any questions, but um, do. If there's anything you or your audience wants to know, feel free to ask anything you would like to ask. Awesome. And where is it that people can find you also? Yes. So you can find me on um, Instagram at Hannah underscore Rosenfelder. Um, I post on there. You'll be able to find articles that I've written. Um, you'll find my website within the next few months up there along with you can do speaking gigs things like that so you can find my podcast all of it on instagram which then will lead you to my facebook also awesome perfect and then we'll just do the last segment now which is fast five where i'm going to ask you um, a question and you can answer with either a word or a phrase that first comes to mind it's just another way to help people get to know you on like a different level okay all right. So the first question is, what is the first thing you think of when you hear the word growth? Mindset. Mm, yeah, I like that. What or who inspires you? Oh, my mom. Mm, yes. And what is a hobby that you have outside of your business? I love working out. It inspires mm. me. 
Awesome. I love that. And when we first chatted, you mentioned that you went to the gym this morning, so I could already see that. And I just came back from the gym. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And now as a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a criminal lawyer. Mm. Yeah, that's so awesome. Oh my God. I can only imagine the shows that you watch. <laughs> oh, terrible. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> And now, if you could capture one specific moment that represents your life through photograph, what would it be? Um, you would actually find them on my Instagram. I have pictures of me with my scars painted. Um, and I think that captures uh, how I've always wanted to feel, which was so proud of them, that... Um, I want you to see them. I want you to see what I'm made of, what I've been through. And, uh, you know, it's who I am. And so I do, I have pictures, um, of them painted. Awesome. That is so cool. I'm going to have to go check that out. That is so amazing. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining me today and being vulnerable and sharing your story with everyone. You have inspired me. I absolutely love your motivation, your drive, your inspiration. And I'm so excited to share this episode with the world. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it so much. And your podcast is amazing. And I am super honored to have been on it. So thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I hope you found some inspiration, motivation, encouragement, and empowerment to get you out of your comfort zone and live your life to the fullest. Make sure to follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and follow the podcast at Inspired by Her Story on Instagram. Follow my brand photography on Instagram at Caitlin Casso Creations and come along with me during my travels at Caitlin Casso. Go ahead and share the podcast with a friend and take these stories with you to make the changes in your life that you've been looking for. Stay tuned for the next Inspired by Her Story episode.